Hi there, this is Sherry Lee Myers. Welcome to How to Connect with Angels. We created this podcast because we believe that no matter what, every person has the love and help of angels, God's messengers. Angels are everywhere, if we are willing to ask. That's what our film, The Glitch, is all about. Visit us at theglitchmovie.com and sign up for our newsletter about our future filming here in New Orleans. But now, right now, let's talk to someone who is devoted to helping us make that divine connection. James Thomas is an international spiritual master and teacher with over 30 years experience. Originally from the U.S. and now based in New Zealand, James has developed his own quantum modality of healing called the Blue Star Healing and leads workshops throughout New Zealand, Australia, and soon the U.S. and the U.K. James has been channeling higher dimensional beings for many years, beginning with Archangels Raphael and Gabriel in 1989. More recently, James has been offering live channeling sessions online with Al Sharon, for which he has developed a large international following. James is highly passionate about his spiritual path and being a service by assisting others through his many modalities to connect to their own spiritual power, to be who they truly are, and to walk the path they are here to walk. So here's my mission. I'll tell you very clearly. My mission is to reach as many star seeds as I can, touch them in the heart, open that doorway so that they can reconnect more fully with the quantum and with their true energy and true self. Mm -hmm. And so that they can walk the path that they are here to walk. That's my mission. Mm -hmm. So the more that I get out there, the more people find me, the better. That's great. Here you are with this mission that is taking you all over the world and people from all over the world are tuning in to your mission and to your gift and what you're offering and channeling. Let's talk about the quantum healing modality. What the Blue Star Healing Modality is, is in 1995, uh, a young lady that I was with at the time, <clears throat> we lived in Sonoma, California. Mm. And she made an appointment for the two of us to go see a healer. I didn't, I never saw this healer before or after, never spoke to her before or after. It was just that one occasion. And we were, Morgan and I were both in the same room together, and she was basically going between the two of us. And I thought it was so cool because she did etheric implant removal, and she spoke in this really cool language called universal light language. Universal light Language. Language. Okay. And the ethereal, say it again. Etheric, etheric implant removal. Okay. And so we're going through and then all of a sudden she turns to me about halfway through and she says, Morgan has this Roman helmet on her head. It's about from, from a lifetime about 2000 years ago and I need your help to remove it. Now, after after the healing was over and upon reflection, I realized that she didn't need help removing anything. Mm -hmm. But in the moment, I'm like, yep, no problem. I'll help you. And for some reason, it was when I said yes, it was like a light switch was, was switched on. Oh, wow. 
and I could automatically do etheric implant removal, and all of a sudden I could speak universal light language. So I want to give you just a little taste of what light language is. Now, it's a heart language. It's not based in the mind. It's not something that you can intellectual, you know, you know, use your intelligence to try and understand. I see. It is purely a heart language. So as an example, Oh, wow. Now, wow. now, basically what I said was universal light language was spoken originally on this planet in, in both Atlantis and Lemuria. Mm -hmm. It is spoken by intergalactic entities in the universe. Some, some of these beings speak light language only. Some speak light language and use telepathy like the race I come from. You have those who use uh, telepathy and, and sign language. You have those who, who do strictly telepathy. So there are those who speak light language very easily, and others go, I really want to, but I'm not able to. So, And it's from that that gave me the bones to the Blue Star Healing Method. And I really wanted to go out and teach it. I had done uh, a Reiki workshop in March of 1991 in Tacoma, Washington. Okay, so you were a little, you were aware of energy and work. You oh, yes. were open. Okay, I was oh, just oh, curious. Yes. That all started in 1980-86, actually. Huh. Uh, but I had done this healing workshop of Reiki because yeah. the year before I did a healing on somebody and it was Oh, okay, I'm a healer. Oh. And so I did Reiki because I wanted to know what a treatment would be like. You start here, you finish here, so that I could do the, do, do the work. Now, I wanted to go out and start doing this Blue Star healing method. It's so quantum. It's so incredible. And Spirit kept saying, not yet. Mm. You have to wait. You have to wait until the time comes. Mm -hmm. So I would do it occasionally on people. Um, in fact, when I, the day I, I met my, my wife, Janice, for the first time in physical, uh, in California, she came all the way from Australia to, to meet with me personally. Mm -hmm. Um, I removed a dagger out of her heart uh. that she had plunged in there 800 years ago. But it wasn't until t the end of 2015 that I was told, now it's time to go out and start teaching it. Mm -hmm. And so the first workshop was in April of 2016 mm -hmm. in Wellington, New Zealand. Mm -hmm. I've done nine workshops here in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And I've just come back from a small tour where I taught um, in Sydney and in Perth over in uh, Australia. Mm -hmm. And we've just done our, our Blue Star Healing uh, Retreat, three-day retreat in Auckland, just south of Auckland this last weekend. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's changing lives on a fundamental level. We are removing, I, I literally, and some people kind of freak out about this, but we can replace damaged chakras. We can remove entities. We can remove, because when an individual has a really traumatic life. Yes. And they cross over, they, they, they were, they were in a battle and they were killed with a sword and what, you know, things like this. Because it's so traumatic, they will carry these items in their etheric body. Sure. And so what we do is we remove those items out of their etheric body 
which enables them to be able to heal mm -hmm. that trauma. Okay. Once that trauma is healed, mm -hmm. they can let go of fear and move forward on their path. Okay, so I have to ask, though, it's quantum healing modality. Yes. So let's dive into what's the quantum. I can answer it in this way. Okay. You have a lot of people here on this planet who say all lifetimes are happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that's a paradox. On one hand, it's true. And on the other hand, it's not true. For those of us who are incarnated on this planet, we reside in linear time. Mm -hmm. Because we reside in linear time, the lifetime that I lived, my last incarnation, which I passed away in 1943 in Poland, is a past life. Mm -hmm. Now, if if uh, one of the beings that I channel is um, uh, Elder from, from the High Council of the God Star, if he were to look at, at that lifetime or, or a lifetime I lived, say, 1,500 years ago, mm -hmm. to him, I'm living it right in the now moment. Hmm. Linear time is like a straight line, oh, whereas yeah. quantum time is circular. It's so you circular. can actually okay. you can actually move. It's kind of like, have you ever had an experience where you have a day and you, you get up and you go out and you have breakfast with, with your with your partner or with a friend or something. And by that evening, you're sitting there going, you know, it really seems like I had breakfast with them yesterday. Mm, time. Yes. Yes. Have you, have you ever experienced oh, that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's the quantum. <gasps> I mean, it's like we, we went to on this trip. We left on the on Thursday, the, the 13th of September. Mm -hmm. We arrived back here in Dunedin. On uh, the 1st of October. Mm -hmm. So we were gone for approximately two and a half weeks. Mm -hmm. On on Sunday night after the retreat, we went to Auckland and we, we went to our hotel um, because there wasn't a, a good flight for us to come back to Dunedin on the Sunday, late Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. And so we're sitting there and I'm like, and I said to my wife, I said, you know, it really feels like we've been gone for at least six weeks. Ah. Oh. But we've only been gone two and a half weeks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then it's like the, the healing modality is quantum because you are literally going into the etheric body and you're taking something that somebody has been carrying, say, for 3,000 years. Mm -hmm. And you're removing it. Mm -hmm. And you're removing the trauma from that. Okay. So it's, it's almost like you're moving through time as you're doing this healing modality. Mm. And it's like, I can do this healing on, I've done this healing on people in Norway, Germany, America, Canada, Australia, mm -hmm. Malaysia, mm -hmm. Hong Kong, mm -hmm. Taiwan, South mm -hmm. Africa, all over the world. Do, do you go like, into a space? What is it like for you? What is, what you are training people to, to yes. have this ability? What is that? Every, everyone, everyone who does this healing training of the, this healing modality receives a medical team mm. that are there to assist them. So I'm sitting down. I'm going to do a healing on someone. Mm -hmm. I did one on somebody in, in Portland, Oregon yesterday, as well as in Australia. And so I bring up their picture. I have them send me a picture of their face and eyes. Mm -hmm. I connect in with them. I ask their higher self for permission to do the treatment, just like if I was doing it in person. Mm -hmm. And then they they literally 
the team goes to them, they start working on them. And then I just go through it step by step like they were on the table. I generally ask them to, to be in a quiet space when I'm doing it, if possible. Mm -hmm. And so I just go through it. And what I do is if I'm doing this by distance, mm -hmm. I actually will type out everything that I do, everything that I remove, mm. all the adjustments that are made. And so once the healing is done, I send them their report. I've had people in Germany say, I woke up and for the first time in three months, I had no back pain. Uh, yeah. I've had people people come back to me and, and say, the moment that you started, I went to sleep. And when I woke up, I just felt like so amazing. I did one yesterday on someone um, in uh, Wainuiamata, which is in the Wellington region here in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. He's a workaholic. He works all day long. Uh. But he has back problems. And and right before I was going to start, he actually came back into the house and said, I, I've got to rest. I've got, I've got to take a nap. And I did the, the healing on him. He actually slept for about six hours in the middle of the day. <sighs> and they feel it instantly. My wife, actually, she works as a social worker for Dunedin Hospital. And she sends me this message and because she knows that I do a lot of the she's, she does the healing as well. But she was really having a bad day. She didn't feel good. You know, everything just didn't seem right. And so she sends me this message and she goes, can I order a healing? Aww. She's at work and I'm like, of course you can. No problem. So I do the healing on her. Instantaneously, she can feel the energy happening. She can feel the energy coming in. And by the time I finished, she felt fine. There was no problem. She felt energized. Everything was really great. So... It is changing lives on a fundamental level. People who are coming to the workshops have reported to me, oh, well, I just kept hearing Blue Star, Blue Star, Blue Star. I had to come. I had to be here. At this you know, it's like there certain people are being drawn to it because it is literally they go out and do this and they're changing lives. And how are they changing lives? Well, I, I, okay, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Great. Um, my, my very first workshop, there was a young lady named Deb in the workshop. Mm -hmm. Now, two workshops later, I'm in Hastings, which is in the northern part of the North Island of New Zealand. And her partner, also from Wellington, drove all the way to Hastings to be part of the workshop. Mm -hmm. Because Debbie kept telling me, you have to do this workshop. You have to do this workshop. So he comes up. He's doing the workshop. On the Sunday morning, he he shares with all of us that he's gotten a phone call. His mother's in hospital. Mm. She has abdominal cancer. <sighs> and they're doing surgery. And um, I said, well, do you want to go home or do you want to finish? What do you want to do? He's like, no, I need to finish the training. And I'm like, okay, no problem. So he finishes the training. He goes home. And the doctors want her to immediately start chemo and, and mm -hmm. all of this. She had surgery. Mm -hmm. And and they've told her, you know, you're you're gonna be you're probably not even gonna be able to get out of bed for like at least two weeks. Mm -hmm. You you'll be in hospital for at least six weeks mm -hmm. and, and it's it's gonna be a really slow recovery. Mm -hmm. You're gonna bruise really badly. Mm -hmm. And so the surgery was done right after he got back to Wellington. And so he asked his mom, do you want to do this chemo? And she's like, no, I really don't. 
Yeah. She knew yeah. somebody who had had the same cancer who did the medical side and, and was gone in six weeks. Yeah. And so he goes, okay, Deb and I, we're going to start doing this Blue Star Healing on you. And they started doing the Blue Star Healing on her. The day after surgery, she was able to sit up in a chair. Wow. Two days after the surgery, they came to change her dressings, and they couldn't figure out why she had no bruising. Where was her son at the time? Was he back with her? Just curious. Yeah, no, no. He, okay. he was back with her. He was her. back with her. So we, help me visualize. What were they – what does a healing – were they there in the hospital room? They were in the hospital okay. room doing things on her. Doing? Every day. Okay. And, and, and understanding and being able to be trained with the quantum healing modality opens mm -hmm. up all kinds of potential. Well, potential. Thank you. What a beautiful word. Okay. So let's get back to the process in the process becoming a being a healer and stepping into that space of quantum healing modality. Where do you go? Do you, is it, do you change? You also channel. How yes. is that for you? What is that like? Channeling? Yeah. Well, channeling for me is interesting because, you know, you can go to my YouTube channel, uh, which is Blue Star Spiritual, and there's Heaps of channelings on there now. Uh-huh. Great. Um, I just did one from Commander Ashtar. Mm -hmm. And um, the funny thing is, and, and one of the things that really brought a smile to my face when I first met you was the whole thing about angels. <laughs> yes. Because in, in August of 1989, uh -huh. I had two angels opening open me up to channeling. Oh, Great. And it was Archangel Raphael and Archangel Gabriel. Oh, my goodness. Where were you? What happened? I was in Tacoma, Washington. Mm -hmm. I had the first time I heard anything about channeling was in, in January of 1987 mm -hmm. when I saw the, the movie, the two-part miniseries, Out on a Limb by Shirley MacLaine. Ah, right. Yes. And so it, it was really kind of cool and everything like that. And so we went ahead and, and I had met somebody in Tacoma in, in June of 89, in March of 89, I had experienced my first live channeling. Mm -hmm. There was a woman who was a trans channeler who channeled a being named Rajni. Mm -hmm. Now I only saw it the one time. Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell you what he talked about except for what he said at the very beginning. And this has kind of driven me through my life, ah. which was, I am only going to share with you truth, my truth. Your job is not to accept my truth blindly. You need to discern the information. Mm -hmm. If it resonates within your heart, mm -hmm. explore it, experience it, see where it leads you. If it doesn't resonate, throw it away or put it on a shelf. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. If it's something you require later on, it will come back around. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. And so I met this woman in a, in a metaphysical shop in June of 89. And we decided to get together two or three nights a week to explore spirituality. Mm. I was still fairly new to it, although I'd been on this path since 86. Mm -hmm. There isn't a whole lot to spiritual stuff in Oklahoma. <laughs> so 
I had actually gone back to Oklahoma in June of 87 to help take care of my grandfather for the last year of his life. Uh. And and we moved to um, Tacoma, Washington in February of 89. Mm-hmm. So one evening, it's in it's in middle of August of 1989, I feel this energy come over me. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I know, out comes Archangel Raphael. Oh, oh, oh. And, and he started speaking through me. And then it's like, oh, the next time I was over there, Gabriel comes in. Mm-hmm. And they taught me to set my rules before I channel, before I do anything. Mm-hmm. So they were the ones who opened me up to channeling. And, and occasionally, I still channel Raphael occasionally. Uh, occasionally, I've channeled Archangel Michael. Mm. I have channeled Metatron. And, of course, uh, a beautiful uh, person that I just love to death is someone that you've actually uh, know, which is Raul, the angelic messenger. Ah, yes, Raul. He's, he's kind of been like an angel for me because he he, he uh, brought you and I together. I, I completely agree. We have we are angels to each other. That's part of the, that's one of the themes of our film, The Glitch, and, um, this, right. of this movement. We are angels to each other. I would like to pursue that a little bit more, um, about the angels, about what you have as in your personal journey with the angels opening you and how you feel that this work and this all opening ourselves to the angels, what kind of difference can it make in our lives? And why is it important? In fact, critically important. You know, that's a phenomenal question. And, and the bottom line is this. Um, an angel for me is like a messenger from God. Yes. And they are they are here to assist us on our journey. Mm-hmm. And and whether we term them as a guide, an angel, whatever, it's like they are like Raul was like a, a, a an angel for me as a messenger because he connected me with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. he mentioned you and when he talked about you when we were having dinner, because it was see, that was the very first time I had actually met him in person. Oh. I've known him for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So. We, you know, when he was talking to me about you, I'm like, wow, this is someone I need to talk to. This is someone I need to connect with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so he was like an angel for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We have an angel that that my wife actually coined the term ushers. And and they are amazing ushers. And they they are angels. And they're from the angelic realm. They assist souls entering into the physical body. Mm hmm. And they do that over a course of like six week period of, from the birth, six weeks before you cross over from this world, mm-hmm. they're with you again because they assist you coming in, mm-hmm. they assist you going out. Uh huh, uh huh. And they are amazing beings, and and I've picked up on them, and I they actually work with me when I'm doing house clearings, and if there are entities or beings in the house that have crossed over and they haven't moved on, mm-hmm. the ushers actually work with me to assist them to move on to the other side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We need to get to a point where we are listening to our angels, mm-hmm. where we are listening to our heart and guidance, where we are trusting in our intuition 
And what I've been taught and what I know to be true is it all stems and it all starts in one place only. And that is trust and faith in yourself for yourself. And that intertwines with everything else. And when you do that, and when you start trusting in your heart and guidance, and you start trusting in your intuition, Mm -hmm. our angels can actually do more with us, Mm -hmm. assist us even more, because I I grew up in church, Mm -hmm. as you can imagine, growing up in the Bible Belt and everything. Yes, yes. And there was something that was said that that kind of confused me. God helps those who help themselves. And when I would ask somebody what that meant, they couldn't really give me an answer. But I figured out what the answer is. Yeah. We have to meet spirit halfway. I love that. We have to be willing to go, look, I know you want, you're there. You're wanting to help, you know. I, I do a lot of work. I, I created a reading called the Personal Akashic Scroll. And in that, I tell a person about three of their guides mm-hmm. with personal messages from each one of those guides. Mm-hmm. I tell them about three past lives. Mm-hmm. I tell mm-hmm. them their, their life path and, and personal year numerology. Mm-hmm. And there's a message from spirit at the very end that ties everything together. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I've learned with these guides is they want desperately to be able to communicate with us. They, our angels, they want to be able to help guide us on that path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that is like, that's why they're there. Yeah. But we have to be willing to meet them halfway. Mm-hmm. And we can only do that if. if we're focused within. If we're like, you know, people get so caught up in, in like what happened before in the past. Or yes. they're all yeah. focused in the future. And it's like, oh, well, I'm going to do that. But I've got to do these other things first. Mm-hmm. And then they never do it. Mm-hmm. When that happens, they miss the signs and the clues that were being given. Because if you're in the present moment, if you're in the now moment, mm-hmm. and you're focused on all your choices being conscious choices in the moment, following your heart, following mm-hmm. your guidance, mm-hmm. discerning, trusting in your intuition, trusting in yourself, spirit and our angels and our guides are giving us clues. Yes. They're yes. giving us messages. Yes. And if we're in that now moment, we go, I see you. I got you. We are then able to start communicating more fully with our angels, with our guides. Yes. And all yes. of a sudden, what do we discover? We discover that we're actually starting to walk the path that we're actually here to walk ah. in a conscious way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what joy that is. It is joy. You know, it's like, it's like I did this workshop, the very first workshop in April of 2016. Mm. I never thought about going outside of Wellington because that's where I lived. Mm-hmm. And I had someone contact me who lived south of Auckland and she said, I really want to do this workshop. Will you come up here? And I'm like, wait a minute. I've got a car. I can I, I can get on a plane. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, well, this is what we need to do. And then she found me this place called the Sharda Center, which is an amazing place. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, let's do it. And so that told me that I could travel around to do this workshop. Mm-hmm. I've done it in in Wellington, Auckland, Hastings, mm-hmm. Christchurch, all over all over New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And then I had Rachel Grace over in Sydney go, 
I really want you to come and do it over here. And uh. then the next thing, I'm, oh, well, wait a minute. I can get on a plane and go to Sydney. Mm-hmm. And then I had someone at the, like last March go, I want you to come over to Perth as well. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, let's do it. So what is the constant that you find between with all of your, the, the, the folks who show up, the folks who show up, is there a constant? Is there, what's going on? What, what is the call? There, there, no, there, there is a constant. And the people that, that show up to learn this, um, number one, generally they are healers, even mm. if they don't know it. And the other thing that's a constant is they've actually gotten to a point even if they're not overly conscious of it, they've gotten to a point where they've said, you know what? I've had enough. I want something that's real. I want something that's substantial that I can experience and and it can't be taken away from me. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I do in the training is, is I, I, I teach them how they can replace chakras that are really damaged. Mm-hmm. And when I first started teaching this modality, I was scared because I didn't, I was like, I'm not going to change someone's chakra just so, because I can. But there's always at least one or two people in the workshop that needs a chakra replaced. Mm-hmm. And so what I do is somebody needs a chakra replaced. The most common is the throat chakra because people have a real problem with speaking their truth. Oh, gosh, yes. And so it's like I'll, ha- I'll have the person that I'm going to change the chakra on sit on one of the massage tables and then I have everyone, no one speaks, no mm-hmm. one. Uh-huh. I have everyone, all the participants come up and feel the chakra. Mm-hmm. And they go away. And then I, I explain what I'm going to do. And I change it, change the chakra. And when you change someone's chakra, mm-hmm. a damaged chakra, mm-hmm. they actually get an upgraded chakra. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I, I complete that procedure. Then I have everyone come up and feel it again. The person that I've done this with, they still are not able to speak or, or say anything. Then I have the participants who've gone up and felt it. They all share what they felt, mm-hmm. what they experienced. Mm-hmm. And then the person on the table says what they have experienced. Mm-hmm. And I've had amazing things. Uh, the first time we were at the Shardis Center, there was a, a beautiful young lady who came in for the workshop. She was a little late on the Saturday morning, very apologetic, very quiet rather shy, mm-hmm. and she had a really damaged throat chakra mm-hmm. from not speaking her truth. Sure. So I changed her throat chakra. At lunchtime, she was holding court. Oh. She And, and I swear to God, she hasn't stopped talking since. Oh. oh. Um, it, it, it's something incredible. It's like I at the last workshop uh, um, in Sydney – uh, there was a lady who I've known actually for four years who was in the workshop and she's gone through some really intense, really, really intense heart things that have really damaged her heart chakra. Mm-hmm. And I changed her heart chakra. Mm-hmm. Her entire life has changed. Mm-hmm. She went home on the Saturday evening and she said, I don't know what happened, but I walked in the house and everyone just clamored around me and started hugging me. Oh. I've never experienced that. And it's because her heart chakra now was fixed and it was wide open. Mm. 
this is just one small example of how mm -hmm. things have changed. Mm -hmm. I've had people who are very shy about putting themselves out there who are now doing this healing modality at spiritual fairs. Speaking from this place at the States, we are wrestling with great issues of victimhood and power. Yes. And I would like you to, if something comes to you about Healing from victimhood, looking at victimhood differently, helping us to change, shift, move it, you know, free ourselves. We've been, we're in a rough place here. Okay. And, and this is very powerful. So let me put it this way. Yeah. To, to free yourself from victimhood, first and foremost, is a choice. Mm-hmm. I went through a lot of abuse growing up, mm -hmm. and I recognize the fact that the first thing you have to do is you have to realize it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. The second thing that you need to start doing is you need to forgive. Mm -hmm. And it's not important It's not important to, if someone's done you wrong. It's not about going to them face-to-face -face and going, I'm going to forgive you. Mm -hmm. It's about you going within yourself and forgiving those who have done that to you as well as forgiving yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The other thing that is so vitally important is the fact that you have to realize that you can make a different choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't have to make the same choice today that you made yesterday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can make a new choice. Mm -hmm. And the last thing, and this is so vitally important, there is a greater opportunity to move forward now. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I was always told in, in church is that God has a plan for this world. Mm -hmm. And when I would ask, what is this plan? No one could tell me. Mm -hmm. But I figured out what it is. And the plan is, it's about evolution and ascension. But it's not an evolution and ascension for the star seeds because we've already done that. Mm -hmm. It's about those who are, this is their home. Earth is their true home. This is where they began their journey. Mm -hmm. And so we have completed phase one of this project. Mm -hmm. And we are in now in phase two of this project, which is all about the transformation. It's all about shifting our perception, mm -hmm. shifting the way we view ourselves, mm -hmm. shifting the way we view each other. Mm -hmm. It's like you can't look at somebody and, and, and make the assumption they're bad because they have tattoos or oh, yeah. they're bad because of their skin color or they're bad because of where they grew up or where, you know, what their culture is. It, it's about looking at a person individually and saying, I see you. People think other people are bad because they don't know them. I mean, I don't know you, therefore you're bad. That's. You know. Well, there's that because there's this fear element. Yes. Yes. You yes. know, I, I remember because it's like I don't – when I look at somebody, the very last – I don't even look at to see what color their skin is. I don't really care. Mm -hmm. But my grandfather, he actually and, – and I'm not trying to condemn my grandfather at all. But there was all these stories about how black men specifically – we're like doing these shootings in workplaces and stuff like that. This is going back to, to like the 1980s. Mm. And one day he just kind of mouths off about being against all blacks, mm -hmm. which I thought was incredibly weird because 
his favorite nurse at the VA hospital was black. Mm -hmm. He actually had me drive him all the way to her house, Aww. halfway across town, to give her a Christmas basket at Christmas time. Aww. So it's like, Laurie, what you're saying and what you're doing is two different things. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's like, but where it all stems, where it all comes down to is we have to get to this point where we figure out a simple truth. Mm -hmm. Somebody else's opinion about us means nothing. Mm -hmm. We have to have trust and faith in ourselves for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Our opinion of us is more important than anyone else's opinion of us because we do not have to adhere to what magazines tell us there, you know, the way things should be mm -hmm. or what people say to us. I did a healing on a woman in Christchurch. And at the end of the healing, this was at a spiritual fair. I'm sitting there and, and she raises up because I've just done her back. And she looks at me dead in the eyes. And I, and I said to this, I said this to her. I'd never seen her before. never met her before. But this is what kept coming up. I looked at her and I said, let me explain something very clearly to you and very succinctly. You are beautiful, you are intelligent, mm -hmm. and what other people have said is completely meaningless. Mm -hmm. And she just completely broke down and cried. Oh. It's the first time somebody had just said to her, mm -hmm. what these people have been trying to put you down about is complete crap, mm -hmm. and you are beautiful, you are intelligent, and you are good enough. Mm -hmm. And people need to understand that. And they don't, but they don't need that validation from somebody else. Mm -hmm. It's nice when we get it. Mm -hmm. But it's like, if you want to get that kind of validation, you have to give it to yourself first. Mm -hmm. God helps those who help themselves. Sir, anything else that you want to bust out and say? Well, as far as um, what you can receive from me, you can mm -hmm. go to the on my my Facebook page, which is Blue Star Spiritual. Mm -hmm. I'm also on uh, bluestarspiritual.org. Mm -hmm. um, my website, my website is going to be updated very soon. Um, I, I I actually created it. I coded it, but it, it's like it needs help because mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not that good with it. Mm -hmm. um, so th at the end of the day, this is what I want to share with everyone. Believe in yourself. You're here because you're meant to be here. Mm -hmm. You have a purpose. I don't care what anyone tells you, tries to convince you of. And the last thing I want to tell you is very clear. There's a tool that we all need to start using a lot more. Mm -hmm. It's called discernment. If someone says something to you and it resonates and it feels good and it uplifts you and you can feel this energy about it, see where it leads you. But if it brings you down, if it makes you feel bad, if it doesn't, if it doesn't feel right, don't try and follow it. Don't try and see where it leads you. Put it away. Mm -hmm. Don't judge. Don't criticize it. Just trust yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is about trust and faith in yourself for yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I will see you on the path. If you benefited from this show, Please, for heaven's sake, share it. If you want to hear more, go to theglitchmovie.com forward slash podcast guests. And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for listening.